today I'm talking to Brad Kolarik of Pasadena, California, the first performer ever on the perfectly pedaled soundstage of Ricky Shaw. The Rick Shaw Live is a pedal-powered live performance soundstage that specializes in launching close contact between music makers and a crowd, sometimes from a street, plaza, or sidewalk, or here from the Podmosphere, where we chat with the makers. Come join us as we roll with it. Hello, Brad. How are you doing? Hey, Tim. I'm rolling with it, you know. <laughs> and that is our motto. Thank you for for plugging that. That is great. I love that. I love that. Tell uh, tell me, re- recollect for me, uh, when you and I first connected, which was uh, based on our Nebraska connection. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was my first uh, album that after after my first album came out, Cottonwood. Um, you must have stumbled onto that and. Uh, I think invited me to come play a gig in Valentine, and uh, which is my birth city, yours as well. I think yes, um, Valentine, Nebraska. That's just, I mean, <laughs> what are the chances? the The funny thing about this is, I had my sisters and I had started this bike shop in Valentine, Nebraska, as we accidentally, or I guess, purposely coalesced there in uh, in 1996, and we had developed as a strange consequence of having the floor space a performance area and we actually had something like a a 32 channel board and uh gosh i think it was several kilowatts of sound and subwoofer and hear back we really had a a nice system and somehow or another I, I think it might have been the guy that was working for me brought to my attention brad kolerick was from Valentine, Nebraska, had this album, and we threw it up there on our blog at the time, which was Google. Uh, it's still out there, incidentally, because I haven't edited a thing for posterity's sake. It's uh, y- Yucca, I think it's the Yucca Dune blog spot, and it shows your Cottonwood album, and it's like the little press release for the concert that you're going to come into the store and, and give in our little um, soundstage, if you will. And that's yeah. uh, that was your maybe your first Valentine, Nebraska concert. Oh, it definitely was, uh, and I was so excited to come back there. Uh, it had been so many years. I mean, I was only in Valentine till I was about four, and and uh, then we moved to Lincoln, the big city. Yeah. Um, so I got back there occasionally because I have uh, relatives uh, out in the west, uh, Sand Hills, uh, west of Valentine. You know. Um, out toward Gordon and Merriman, Hyannis, um, and those. So I get out to visit them from time to time, or I did, and and uh, and would uh, you know cruise through Valentine, check out the old house and that kind of thing. Wow, and, we had I think we had you back a second time, maybe even three. I, don't, I know there was at least a second time where you brought somebody up from Lincoln. Uh, with you to play with you. I don't remember the details though. That was, that was Steve Hansen. Oh yeah, wonderful multi instrumentalist. Uh, lives in Lincoln and um, just a fabulous bluegrass player. He he plays uh, about anything with strings, but uh, 
but he limits me to to two instruments, uh, you know, or I have to pay extra. Uh, so <laughs> generally, he with g- gigs that we do together, he he brings a banjo and, and mandolin, and uh, he's just wonderful. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're playing some shows in Nebraska in um, August, or at least that's the plan. It's kinda, oh wow! And I hope uh, vaccinations are going well, and uh, you know I can still do those gigs, but. Well, you I'm know, planning. I still have that building in Valentine. If you want to do a, a show in Valentine, it would be doable. Oh, my gosh. Do you really? That's I do. <laughs> Last November, a year ago, November, I was back there where I played uh, at the Bolo Beer Company. Oh, wow. In Valentine. And uh, with my, my buddy, Tim Fleming, who sadly passed away. In um, in April during COVID and and it's been a huge loss and yes really been hard but uh, that was one of our that was our last tour together um, and uh, we played we played in Colorado and we played I don't know four or five shows in in Nebraska as well it was great you know was Tim the guy that came with you through Colorado and did the very first ride around on the rickshaw. No, that that was Charlie White. Oh, okay, yeah. Produced, he Charlie lives in Arkansas. He produced my um, Tucson CD, and uh, we had played in, in Denver, I think, and um, and then went up and connected with you wherever that was uh, in the foothills. Oh, that was a scream! What had what had happened is. Um we had really just resurrected the little rickshaw that I brought from Valentine to Northern Colorado. And my daughter and I were contemplating putting it on the street as a taxi cab, a standard PD cab. And then we were in a jazz bistro in Fort Collins listening to a duo and they finished and came and sat down. And I looked at them and I just kind of jokingly said, could, could you guys do that while I pedal you around in a rickshaw? And they, of course, they gave me the wrong answer and they got me on fire and they said, of course, yeah, let's do it. So then I had to bring the rickshaw from Valentine. I had to like put in a sound system on a rickshaw and a bad RV battery and inverter and speakers. And, and that's how it all started. And I called you, I, I, I had called you, I, I didn't even know if you were going to be in the area, but I think I shared with you that I had this thing under development and if you were ever passing through, I wanted to, you know, have you come and, and do a show on it. Well, of course, you responded. Thank you so much. And the response was in March, really before the rig was very mature at all. But, you know, it worked. And you came to Fort Collins and we rolled it out on the street that had slush and snow. And I pedaled you and Charlie around the neighborhood while you played and sang. And uh, I don't have any video of it, but those still shots are amazing. I just love them. I think it's fantastic. And and I didn't really explain to Charlie. Uh, I We had a couple of gigs back there, and I said, hey, we got to make a stop. Uh, you know, we need to drive. Up. I didn't really explain too much about what was going on because I didn't really know exactly what we were up, you know, to uh, if, if we were going to actually get on this thing and, well, I so, remember it was funny because Charlie says he gets he climbs into the carriage and he has his base and he he has the cable in one hand and he 
he kind of like says, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And I said, oh, no, no, here, give it to me. Because Ricky, the little rickshaw, had a dedicated bass amp. And so <laughs> I plugged him in. And I th- I don't think you were plugged in, though. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the picture. I don't think you were plugged in, but he was plugged in. And then I just pedaled you guys around on the standard RV power. And, uh, you know, the audience was the Northern Colorado outdoors. That's, that's what it was. Uh, it's just great. It was really fun. Really neat. Thanks so much for doing that. Great pictures for that. Well, um, and so Pasadena is, is your hometown, your kind of your new hometown after you got out of, Nebraska and such. And so share with me for the sake of our little podcast here, the kinds of things you've been doing out there and the music making. Sure. So uh, I live in South Pasadena, which is uh, a separate town from from Pasadena. Just uh, I'm, I'm only about a couple of miles from the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, but um, South Pass is a smaller town, 25,000 people about a fifth the size of Pasadena. And um, it's a great little community that um, my wife and I discovered shortly uh, after uh, our son was born and wanted to find a place. We had been living in Hollywood for many years, and we kind of wanted to find a more family-friendly environment. And uh, South Pasadena is only seven miles from downtown L.A., so it's still still close in but it, it it feels far removed it's it's really a, got a small town vibe uh, um, and I love that about it and when we moved here I started looking for a place that you know I might be able to play uh, some some music and I, there wasn't really <laughs> there wasn't really anything happening in in this in town and uh, so I was in a songwriter group for a few years called, uh, well, we didn't really have a name for it. I, I referred to it as the San Gabriel Valley Songwriters Group. And uh, we'd sit around in a living room in Highland Park, uh, and there were half a dozen or so writers, and we'd listen to each other. We'd bring new songs and just kind of uh, go around the room. And it was just magical. And I, I, these were great writers. And I, I just thought, boy, there would be people that would love to be a fly on the wall for these meetings that we were having. And we'd talk about our songs and critique each other and then um, a little bit and, and, you know, sometimes offer advice. And, of course, none of us would ever take that advice. We'd always do our own thing. <laughs> but it was a great it was a great group. We'd meet every month or two. Um, and just kind of kept a fire under us to, to work on new material. So I started looking for a venue to um, to do that, to do it, do it in public. And I found this wine bar that had a really nice kind of back uh, plush uh, room, and it was pretty much empty most of the time. So I, I asked the proprietor, uh, you know, what, what's your worst night? And she said Wednesday. And I said, well, how about giving me... Uh, eight Wednesdays, and let me see what I can do about that. And uh, that was it. So she wanted whatever we were going to call it. She wanted wine in the name because it was oh, a wine. Yeah. We called it the Wine and Song series. Yeah, that was in 2009, and um, it just caught on immediately. It became her best night in in very short order, and, and we, crowds were spilling out the door. And uh, 
I would get two featured artists, uh, touring singers, songwriters from around the country. And um, sometimes in the early days, I was begging friends to come and play, you know. But it just gradually got bigger and bigger. We, we went to a, after about a year, we went to an, an, a bigger venue, uh, a place called Firefly. And we were there for four and a half years and then bounced around a little bit and then ended up at this golf course that's uh, in South Pass. Uh, a little 18-hole par three golf course, not not a country club by any means. It's, it's <laughs> like blue-collar golf. But they had this empty room that was uh, across a breezeway from a diner and bar, and it was just it just sat empty most of the time. So I I hit up the manager to do a Wednesday night show there, um, and uh, that's what became known as the Blue Guitar Room. And we later added a jazz night on Thursday. So I was doing two nights for a number of years up until uh, the shutdown back in March. And uh, it's just been it's just been amazing. So once the shutdown happened, I, I just switched to doing a podcast on Wednesday nights and featured a lot of the artists who had been to the series over the last 10, 10 and a half years. And I'm still doing that uh, Wednesday nights uh, for now. Hopefully we'll get back to doing live music again. I got to go to, uh, I think, probably one of the standard golf course shows. It, was, it wasn't the jazz version. I, was, I think I got there before you started the jazz. And it was the most charming thing. Uh, just beautiful setting and great. Uh, I just loved the players you brought on and just the great collaboration that you guys had on stage. It was really, really sweet, very inviting. You mentioned um, this gig that you just did for Valentine's Day. And uh, talk a little bit about that, because I have some technical questions about how you did it as well, from the, the Rickshaw Live standpoint. Sure. Well, you know, so through this wine and song show and the jazz, um, I've built quite a, a music-loving community here, and they the, the city council dubbed me the nighttime mayor of South Pass a couple of <laughs> back. So I uh, got an email from someone back in May who sent me an, a, an article from like the Netherlands where they uh, had put on a, a drive-in concert during COVID and um, just, you know, broadcast over car radios. So she planted, that was Catherine Compton, and she planted that seed with me way back in, in May, and I just had been thinking about it ever since. And a few months back, I finally I researched uh, radio transmitters, and there are low-power radio transmitters that are not terribly expensive. And uh, so I bought one of those just as an experiment, and I did a, I did a test run on my porch, and I had a friend drive around test you know to hear the sound i found yeah. a frequency that wasn't was not used in my area and and uh i could dial it in on that frequency and and he drove around and said it sounded pretty spectacular you know until he got into buildings in the surrounding area um and the fcc has limitations on how how far you're able to do that and you're not supposed to go more than like a, a couple hundred yards radius um 
with these low power, you know, without getting a, a license. Did it seem to go that far? He could hear you that far away. Oh yeah, yeah. A matter of fact, I so you can adjust the power on this thing. Oh, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, it's only I don't know five five or six watts, but it. Um, I I put it up, you know, kind of uh, full power, and he was, you know, getting it. I don't know five or six blocks away easily. Really? Wow. Um, so I. Uh, started working with um working on a, an event for thanksgiving weekend and uh i brought Catherine, who had originally given me that idea and she's an event planner she works a lot for the movie studios and that kind of thing and i thought she'd be great to have involved in this so we reached out to the city to talk about this event and to see if there were any you know any, any 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 concerns on their part, and they wanted me to get a temporary use permit because we were going to have a live audience, a distanced. I was going to have tables and chairs like like down at the Blue Guitar Room. We were just going to bring that setup up to the parking lot of the South Pass Theater Workshop, and their surrounding parking lots as well. So it just seemed like it would be a great. We'd have live audience, distanced, and then we'd have cars who could hear it on their. Uh, car radio. And so that was the plan. And we had a Zoom meeting with three city planning people. And and then the governor just, you know, leading up to Thanksgiving, the governor kind of uh, put in place a, a, you know, non-gathering order. And uh, it sort of killed that plan for Thanksgiving. Um, but then I uh, decided to move ahead with just a kind of an experiment for just a car only event eliminate the live audience and eliminate the the speakers that we were going to blast out from the stage with and just we just used monitors for us to hear each other so the audience was totally listening on their car radios for sound so it kept people from gathering um that was part of the intent of that it's beautiful so old tickets on the honor system and and uh it's just the sound over the radios. I got so much feedback that it was fantastic. Wow. It sounded great. And uh, so that was, yeah, the Facebook Live, I put my phone out and tried to capture it on Facebook Live, and the sound there was not so good because we were just listening on monitors and and it was just coming from my phone in front of the stage. And and the cars would, uh, the people would applaud by honking their horns. So. <laughs> Each song, you'd hear this, you know, sea of of horns, and it was it was a little uh, disconcerting to uh, hear people honking at you after, <laughs> you know, generally, you know, that bothers me to be honked at. But uh, this was kind of flattering, so that was nice. That was so fascinating to me because one of the one of the things I always wanted to do with the rickshaw is I wanted because of the small stage, I wanted players on the rickshaw to be able to play with people not on the rickshaw. And of course the audio latency issues with uh, using, uh, you know, a cell modem, which we have on board um, precludes really, uh, you know, playing with someone through the, the latency issues. But we, you know, we talked some years ago about the possibility of using FM just as the audio link between the players so they could be, um, you know, uh, in a non-latency mode. 
and play. And uh, so this this gives me new encouragement that, you know, we could, in fact, have the rickshaw uh, playing with players within range of that FM transmitter and uh, have a, you know, with with the new technology that I learned about as a consequence of this, I know for sure we'll be able to stream shows live from the rickshaw live. But uh, that's a snap now. I know how to do it. Now, adding in an FM link to some offstage people to play with you would be a true mind blower, I think. But oh, my gosh. Well, we had a near catastrophe with with uh, the radio transmitter box Uh, has a cable going to the antenna and we had to have the antenna up really high and out in front of the stage away from the building and uh, so this cable was was kind of dangling in the air and my my engineer was going over to adjust a a monitor and tripped over the oh no (laughs) and the transmitter went flying onto the concrete slab Tumbling and I and we looked at each other. Thought, oh my gosh! And it was like ten minutes till showtime. <sighs> so we got this thing back uh, up and plugged in, and it, and then it wouldn't boot up. And <sighs> we're, I'm just thinking, this is done. We are, and all these cars are scattered about. Everybody's settled in. They'd ordered food from local restaurants, and you know, ready to ready for the show. And and we've got nothing. And um. And I the the back of the uh, the back of the where it had been yanked, you know, the the the, the connection was a little bent, and I was playing around with that, and we we would it, it would it would beep when it when it booted uh. up, and it, it was kind of this sickly beep that we'd get every now and then, and then it would shut, and then it would power down, and we kept trying it, and I was twisting this cable and we finally got it to boot up and stay on and I just let go of it we both were just holding our breath and I thought oh my gosh well we got it going this may may last five minutes I was fully prepared for this to just be a complete disaster but it it it, it made it through the whole show and I was just so thankful and relieved well, we I'm going to want the branded model of that unit because, of course, uh, we do have some motion uh, issues with the rickshaw live bumps, rocks, and rolls. And so anything that has been a kick test. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is a true world test. I wanted to um, talk to you about your most recent album, and um, I got a chance to listen to the album, and and you you suggested uh, one of three songs. And there's absolutely the one that I'm going to play and have you talk about. Um, I have kind of a personal and philosophical connection to, but the very first song on the album, and the album is nine ten thirty, the zip code of South Pasadena, I guess, right? Um, the very first song on there, I really love it, and it's just because it spoke to me kind of as a small town boy because it really sounded like the place you were describing was really just that kind of place. So it was really charming. And I I like that song. Yeah. Those characters, I mean, that I talk about are all just, you know, real things I encounter um, here from time to time. And the parrots that you hear uh, intro to the song are wild green parrots that just are prolific here in South Pass. They just are everywhere and they screech. And uh, 
they're they're really something, and they 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 descend on our fig tree in our backyard uh, every August, and it is it is unreal. The, the, they'll be there at the crack of dawn and just screeching a, a flock of these these wild green parrots with some, they have a little red and yellow on them as well. It's beautiful. But boy, is it annoying in the first thing in the morning. <laughs> Not exactly what you wanted to hear. I'm no, gonna... it's because it's kind of changed my, my the way I hear it. Because oh. I now it's 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 subtly used as an intro to that song. Oh, nice. You hear them, and now it's like this this trigger that I hear music when I hear the parrots. I hear the music kicking in, and it's it's so it's kind of re you know reframed it for me. The the sound of the parrots is a pleasant thing now for me. The song that I picked to play is called Healer. And so I'm just going to play a bit of it and then I'll wind it down and have you talk through the, the song, what you're writing about and, and the al- making of the album and who you made it with. So uh, here is that song. It's called Healer. Really, really nice, uh, and the rest of the song is uh, just in total keeping with that. So, so talk about that. Yeah, that uh, that's a very special song for me, um, and uh, the the whole record was the the, the you mentioned nine ten thirty is my zip code uh, here in South Pass, and I decided to do a, an album only with musicians and singers and engineers and everybody involved the artists that did the artwork everybody involved in the making of the record was from my zip code uh, lived here it's a very uh, creative community a lot of people in, in, the, in the entertainment world uh, come here to have sort of a uh, not an LA environment it's more of a small town thing but really close in to Hollywood and, and, and the rest of L.A. So I get a lot of really talented people as uh, neighbors and friends here. And so that was quite a challenge, um, like uh, just putting the cast together for this. But the core group of uh, musicians that I worked with, um, who I call the Wreckers, which was a nod to um, the Wrecking Crew, which was a, a loose collection of studio musicians that did played on most of the hits from this that came out of California in the 60s and 70s stuff that you just you know is is etched in your mind these uh, um, 
recordings, uh, Beach Boys recordings, and all, all kinds of different artists that would producers would use studio musicians, and they were called the Wrecking Crew. So this was kind of my nod to the to the Wrecking Crew. Uh, it became Brad Colrick and the Wreckers, my house band down at the golf course at the Blue Guitar Room. So that song, um, I have someone very close to me that that I felt needed um, some healing, and um, that's where that began. And uh, the 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 funny thing was, um, the day I debuted that song, "The Healer," uh, at my Wednesday night wine and song show, it was right after the election um, of Donald Trump, and things were a little tense, uh, as you can imagine. And someone, um, one of the performers played a very political song and it, 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 it upset someone, um, who kind of stormed out, who disrupted the, the show and said something, uh, about the song and, and left. And, and so, and I had just finished Prior to this disruption, I had just finished debuting that song called "The Healer," where I claim to be a healer, <laughs> and and I'm and moments later, I am trying to disarm a, a, a fight. <laughs> it was happening. It started in the back of the room when one of the guests, one of my regulars, tried to help this guy out of the room and you know put his hand on his arm and he shouldn't have done that and and I was trying to de-escalate this thing and push it out of the room so the show wasn't disrupted and we got him in outside uh, near the parking lot and then things were going great I was in between these guys and kind of calming things down and um, and then there was one of them made a comment about the other's girlfriend and <laughs> I saw this I saw this fist come over my shoulder and into the other gentleman's uh, jaw and then blood spurted out onto my white shirt and um, I am in the midst of this you know this is the only time it's happened uh, that there's ever been a an altercation in, in 11 years of, of my wine and song series and I go back into the stage and I've got blood on my shirt after claiming to be a healer and I Proved myself a complete fraud, I think. Well, no, actually, I just want to reassure you that healing can be a messy business. And sometimes, you know, well, stopping the bleeding requires you as the healer to get some blood on you. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you. Yes, you should know. You, you, you're you in that business. So um, thank you, Tim. Uh, so, but it's, it's just very funny. It's a very funny story about how that song began. It's, uh, you know, it's life. I'll yeah. never forget that. You know, it it uh, caught my eye because, um, you know, we probably rolled around with the Little Rickshaw Ricky for uh, about two years before I really decided to kick loose the the big version, Rhoda. And um, it's funny because I, I went down to Main Street Pedicabs in in Broomfield, Colorado, where Main, Main Street pedicabs, like they have 5,000 pedicabs worldwide. I mean, they probably have the most pedicabs in use of any brand. And they're built in Colorado. And, and I was surprised to find that out. I went down and I met the owner 
And it turns out that he, he and I had talked years before when I first opened the Yucca Dune store in Valentine because I thought I needed a brand new pedicab instead of the Indian pedicab that I brought with me from Washington, D.C. So we had actually met before and it just it occurred to us as we were meeting that we had spoken before. And so we were walking around looking at his chassis and he was talking, he was asking me questions about this mobilized soundstage and he stopped and he turned and he looked at me and he says, oh, I get, now I get it. This is your, this is your approach to urban healing. And I was like, oh, well, see, it's, I mean, all I'm doing is moving the stage, but it's the makers, it's the players that are doing the healing and I'm just putting them in front of the people that need it. And so then that that has always been something that kind of resonated with me, that that healing thing we do. And then, of course, then we get into the pandemic. And, you know, I mean, people are sick in so many ways from this, not just physical. And then being deprived of live music. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's it's the lifeblood and the healing material that so many people need. And so... That as well is just something that struck me about this difficult time we're going through and the need for people to have live music speak to them and players speak to them. So that, that it kind of just caught my eye and uh, beautiful song, great lyrics. Yeah. Wow, that is a beautiful way to describe what you've put together. I, I, I love that. And yeah, healing is always, you know, I, I think since the my first encounter with sort of the power of music was when I started playing guitar and I, I was in, I was a senior in high school and I was in a music theory class and I had a, an assignment to write a song. And I wrote this song and um, I played it for my older sister whose guitar I had borrowed to, to take a, summer school class to to learn to play guitar and um i pl- i played this for her and uh and she started crying and i i'd been trying to make my sister cry all my life <laughs> 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 never really found a, an effective way and uh i just realized the, the 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 power of words and 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 music and um so that just that was sort of a pivotal i think moment in my understanding of of uh you know what i could do with music and so yeah i i i do recognize and there have been many circumstances along the way where i've i've uh i've felt that i've provided some sort of healing to 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 someone and uh there was a woman once uh, i i had a song I have a song called Every Single Day that I wrote. I was in Nashville once and staying with a friend who had gone through a, sort of a an awful breakup. Um, and I was trying to get his mind off of this and, and onto something else. And I was staying with him for a week or so. And nothing worked. And every every conversation that we had pivoted back to Suzanne. And um, I... I finally gave up trying to get his mind off it, and I just wrote his pain. 
So I had this song that I played for him before I left and thinking this was going to be very therapeutic for him to hear, you know, me. And I finished playing this song that I had been working on the last few days. And I just got the same blank stare that I had seen on his face. So I said, well, you know, I think I'm going to go now. I'm, I'm going <laughs> and so I packed up my stuff and moved on. But one time I was playing a show and, and I, I, I used to introduce that song with sort of that funny story of Bob and his reaction to my to my writing his pain and you know and talk about that it was a, a song about a breakup and I and I and I this one time I played it and I didn't I didn't ta- tell that story when I was introducing the song I just I just played the song and a woman came up to me after the break and she was in tears and just thanked me for that song and she said I lost my brother um recently and that song really touched me and I it just took me back and I'm like what uh wait a minute that's that's and I was trying to understand it and then I realized oh it's just a song about loss and it and it and it, it you know if I don't taint it by telling that story it, it doesn't it's going to have a different meaning. So that I sort of learned something there about uh, not always explaining my perspective of, of, of things, you know. Uh, sometimes people are going to be moved a, a different way. Well, that's the amazing thing about human beings. We, Whether we can make music or not, we have receptors for it. And... Uh, and, you know, readiness to change, readiness to be healed, who knows? You don't qualify people in your audience when they come to the door and sit down to find out who's ready to be healed. They all get the same message. And some of their receptors are active and others, you know, well, that's the thing about music. Sometimes you can't get it out of your head. So maybe days later it works. Who knows? But uh, what a great medicine. And And, you know, it's not, I just want to say, too, I know it works for people that are consuming it, um, but I also know it works for the people who are making it, and it's it's medicine for the makers too. So that that's an important part of of giving people a stage for their performance because it's important for their healing too. Absolutely, yeah. There's, I, you know, this driving concert we did uh, Sunday. Valentine's Day. I uh, it was the it was the second live performance I've done since um, since March since the shutdown. I had one backyard um, concert a few months back, but it was uh, it, it was definitely healing for me. It, it it just to see the community come together, albeit in cars and behind windshields, but. I could see and feel uh, what people were feeling, and um, and it, it it did my heart a world of good. Wonderful, Brad Kolarik. I have kept you on longer than I said I would, but I have really enjoyed our chat, and uh, I will uh, put a link to your new album Nine Ten Thirty in the foot of uh, the Facebook and the, well, actually all the posts. And so those posts will all drop next week and I'll send you links to those. Thank you 
so much. And uh, I can't wait to come see you again. And, and, you know, maybe on the other side of all these weird restrictions we're kind of having to deal with now, maybe it'll be more like a traditional venue. Uh, that sounds great, Tim. It's, it's just such a pleasure to see you and hear you again. And uh, I hope to uh, get together one of these days. Thank you, Brad. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining the Rickshaw Live podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay on our trajectory. And until you hear us again, stay safe.